Hi, my name is Sam Thiday. I'm an ex-NRL rugby league player who played 29 games for Queensland, over 300 games for my club, the Brisbane Broncos, and 32 games for Australia. He gives it to Thiday. Thiday for the line. Thiday over. Across my whole career, I've had a lot of deep and meaningful conversations with my friends, teammates, and family. But the one conversation I haven't had is the one that's really important. It's the conversation that could literally save a life. It's the conversation around organ donation. In this six-part podcast series, I'm going to be sitting down with people who have received a life-saving organ donation. You don't know when it's going to be yourself or one of your family. Yeah. You know, and it can happen any time. It was intense because, like, at 11 years old, you don't think you're going to plan your own funeral. A surgeon hand-pumped my heart for a whole hour while I got hooked up to the life support machine. I'll also get the chance to sit down and talk to people who have made the decision to donate their loved one's organs to save someone's life. Just think she's such a giving person to be able to help someone else. How does it make you feel that Georgia could help so many people? It makes me feel really proud of her. Through this tragedy, her memory is still uh, is still out there living in people and uh, making their lives better. And she would have been happy with that. The idea, as simple as it is, is to have people have that conversation around organ donation. Let's meet today's guest. Hello, uh, my name is Karina Bomsky and I'm the mother of Sophie Bomsky and Hannah Bomsky. For this episode, we travelled to the Sunshine Coast. It was a warm yet cool day, absolutely perfect in Queensland. Karina was kind enough to let us into her house and we got to hear an incredible story. This is a story of hope and tragedy of her daughter, Sophie. Karina, um, can you please tell us about your uh, beautiful daughter, Sophie? Oh, my Sophie. Um, very vibrant, happy, funny, um, sporty little girl um, who loved unicorns and rainbows um, and gave anything a go. So she would have a go at everything. She was... Um, everyone that was around her just loved her, loved her energy that she had. She sounds like a bit of a shining light. Very much so. Yeah, definitely. She's um, definitely taught me some things about life um, and to those that had met her. Now, uh, tell us about uh, what happened to Sophie back in 2016. Yeah, so Sophie um, and her sister Hannah both had swimming lessons from a young age. So I couldn't swim, so I made sure that my girls could swim. Um, and... They were in our family swimming pool floating on blow-up unicorns and flamingos and I was going to the supermarket and I'll never forget the hug that Sophie gave me as I was leaving. Um, Just wrapped her little arms around me and gave me a big hug, gave me a kiss and said, oh, mum, I love you. I was like, I'm only going to the supermarket. Okay, I love you too. And so I went to the supermarket and I rang when I was there Um, and the girls were getting in the pool, and that was fine because that was just a normal thing for them to do. Um, This particular day, I rang and Hannah got out of the pool to answer the phone, and uh, I checked to make sure they didn't need anything else because quite often you'd get home and there's a list of things that I'd forgotten or wasn't told that they needed. Um, So that was fine. Hannah got back in the pool, and when she got back in, Sophie was actually at the bottom of the pool. 
So in that short 90 seconds of Hannah getting out to answer the phone, um, we understand Sophie had an epileptic seizure, um, went into cardiac arrest and subsequently drowned. These types of tragedies happen so fast. Karina is at the shops. The girl's dad is home and they're about to jump in the pool. And then their lives turn upside down. I hung up from Hannah and I was at the checkout um, and then I got this call back and I answered it quite, I wouldn't say abruptly, but I was like, oh, you know, oh, I've forgotten something. And Hannah was hysterical, absolutely hysterical. It is, I'll never forget the harrowing screams that I received from that phone call from her. Um, she said, I think Sophie's drowned. And I remember going to shock saying to the checkout lady, I'm sorry, my, I think my child's just drowned. Can I leave my groceries? Like I was worried about my groceries and should I be putting them back or do I just leave it or what do I do? Yeah. So she said, no, that's fine, go. Um, on the drive home, I rang my neighbour to go and get Hannah because it was important. For, I didn't know what I was going to walk home to or, you know, walk into um, to get Hannah out of the situation, whatever was happening. Um, I got home and there was ambulance in the driveway. Um, Sophie was being resuscitated. Um, and I thought, oh, she's just swallowed a little bit of water. She'll be okay. Um, I rubbed her feet and I thought, oh, you know, they're doing their job and she's still breathing, so she'll be okay. Um, they stabilised her um, and then took her to Caloundra Hospital where they stabilised her again. And then they flew her to Brisbane, to Lady Salento, which is now the Children's Hospital. Um, and we were told to go home and pack a bag for Sophie and drive down there. The bag I packed, it was like, um, she's just going to stay for a night or two and then she'll be home. Yeah. So I packed her favourite unicorn nighty and undies and a teddy and her favourite blanket to make her comfortable. Um, just a small bag, because she, she wouldn't be there long. Um, and when we got down there, I remember the drive down there, it was just quiet. There was no words. Um, I didn't really, because her heart was beating, I thought she would be okay. Yeah. So when we walked into the hospital and eventually found her, she was up, you know, um, had everything hooked up to her body. Um, and we were told to ring our family. So our family came up from South Australia. Um, and the next three days, um, I just laid with her, sung to her, read stories. We talked to her, um, I massaged her to make her comfortable um, until we spoke to doctors. Um, it was important for me to lay next to her, um, skin to skin, so when you have a baby, the baby comes into the world at skin to skin with the mum. So when she was unwell, I didn't know what it was going to be like. I needed to be skin to skin with her and just to be able to smell her and feel her heartbeat. Um, she, they did some testing and she had uh, two different doctors come in at different times and do brain testing. Um, and they were testing to see if there was any brain activity. So all our family was there at that time and we all were just around her bedside 
we all had the choice to stay or go. So to me it was very important about choice. Everyone had a choice, so Hannah had a choice. All our family members, if it was hard for them, they could leave. Um, for me, I just sat there and just watched her every moment. You just, you're waiting for something to move, her eyes to flicker, her to flinch with something. But unfortunately for both testing, there, there wasn't any brain activity, so she was actually brain dead. After receiving that, that news, um, a lot, a lot for you to process at that point in time. Um, when did the thought come into your head that you would then uh, donate her organs? Um, I went into shock um, because I wasn't expecting not to take my little girl home. Yeah. So for me it was, um, I think because I thought her heart was beating that she would be okay, not that her brain wasn't working, had stopped working. I can't imagine that moment when Karina received the phone call. It's devastating to lose anyone, let alone losing a child. Now, Karina hadn't had the conversation about organ and tissue donation, but it was a doctor who mentioned organ and tissue donation at that critical time. Um, so we had the conversation with the doctor um, and with the social worker as well, and they explained to us about um, organ and tissue donation. It's not something I'd thought about, so I didn't I didn't really know much about it. Um, we only had a short time frame to decide whether yes we were going to or no we weren't. Um, so we had a family meeting, so the three of us were together, had our family meeting and decided really quickly, within 30 seconds, that it was something Sophie would like to... She would, she would do that for anyone, so she would help... So just think she's such a giving person to be able to help someone else. Um, yeah, it was definitely the right... There's no second-guessing. The other thing is I think if I was in that situation and waiting for someone to donate organs for my children, oh, that would be... I think that's, that's harder for me to process. Whereas Sophie, um, there's absolutely nothing that could be done yeah. for her. So... Um, she, her organs and tissue went on to save at least 10 people. So it's just, it's wonderful when they all have taken to the organs and tissue, which is great. But um, it's great that they've survived um, with her organs and that she still is out there um, with her memory. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Rewinding a little bit, what's the age difference between uh, Hannah and Sophie? Uh, 20 months, so okay. they were very close. So um, Hannah's very mothering towards her little sister. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they were best friends. Yeah. Can I ask you, um, how's Hannah doing and uh, how, how did she deal with that ordeal? Hannah's a very personal person, like, quite keeps things to herself. Yeah. Um, she has had a rough few years since, but now has come out the other side. She's 18 now. She's a beautiful young lady, um, caring and loving and thinks about her sister all the time. Very few people have the chance to be an organ donor. Only about 2% of people who die in hospital can become an organ donor. So that's why it's really worth having that conversation around organ donation. 
Karina knew that her daughter would want to help others. It only takes a minute to register. Time starts now, so get on and register. Donatelife.gov.au I think it's important that I keep talking about her. I talk about grief um, very openly. I talk about death very openly and mental health very much. Um, they've been big things in my life for a number of years. Um, I also do some mentoring for bereaved parents. To me, if I can help someone else as well through that, the it's, losing a child is the absolute, the worst thing I'll ever go through. So now nothing in life scares me, worries me, doesn't faze me. It can be anything, honestly, it doesn't. I'm not scared about anything anymore. I even learnt to swim. So that, whereas I couldn't swim, obviously. So yeah. now I do things out of my comfort zone. I push myself constantly to better myself. Um, I always have Sophie's voice in my head saying, come on, mum, you can do it. <laughs> you know, I can do it, you know. I can do cartwheels, so can you. Um, yeah, I'm constantly pushing myself and finding ways to get the message out there about organ tissue donation, help out whenever I can. Um, I also have a program that I run at the school the girls went to. Um, it's in memory of Sophie that helps um, 10, 11-year-old kids go through significant events that have happened in their life. Tell us about um, how important those conversations that you're having now are for everyone out there to have um, very unexpected what happened uh, in your life with Sophie um, but these are conversations that we do need to have aren't they? I believe so because um, the organs that are taken are only healthy organs mm. so if you could help someone else why wouldn't you um, and if you don't need them so in Sophie's situation there's absolutely nothing we could do so if for me, it was a quite an easy decision to, if, if they match with someone else, that's great. And now I have no hesitation in, for myself being an organ and tissue donator um, and talk about it openly with other people. Um, I think there's lots of myths out there about it. Um, yeah, but I think just having the conversation and with your kids. Yeah. Because it's definitely not something that I would ever talk about. And if someone could talk about Sophie's story with their kids and that helps them and the children make their own decision as well. So it's about choice. Yeah. I think that's a really, it keeps her memory alive as well. Now, a, a couple of other challenges you've set yourself, you've learned to swim, uh, but you've learned to surf as well. Yeah, so... Um, How's that? You live close enough to the beach. I so. do, I do. Um, it's funny because my friends all would go surfing and I always thought that would be a barrier for me because I couldn't swim. Yeah. Instead, I would go out with friends and still go surfing even though I couldn't swim. So I think... Um, <laughs> yeah, just stay on, stay on the board, you're exactly. fine. Yeah. It's not that hard, no. surely. Yeah. The kids did it, didn't look that hard. <laughs> Unfortunately, at my age, it is a little bit harder. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, just it, the ocean... For me, the, I find the ocean very soothing. So I walk the beach a lot. Um, it's... Um, it's like meditation almost. Yeah, it's very grounding. Yeah, it's like um, I do. I learned to scuba dive as well. So sitting at the bottom of the ocean, just uh, just breathing, just relaxing, is 
is is good good for my mental health but um yeah so i just try different things um yeah just to push myself really and you what know what is my breaking point how far can i go i don't know yeah and and what is the sophie effect oh the sophie effect so i was finding um I was talking, there seems to be a lot of people um, naturally coming into my life where they've lost family members or um, children and I just wanted a place where I could freely talk about what I'm going through, hoping that it would help someone else. Um, I also, it's, it's just about her memory really. So it's just different little things that I would do. I'm hoping to go to base camp next year. Um, And again, that would be just one foot in front of the other by myself to get to the um, base camp. So, yeah, I think that's what it's about. It's about creating just a Facebook page around um, grief and a safe place if people contact me in regards to wanting just to chat. Yeah. Because it's, it's actually... When you lose a child, not, not many people will talk about it, um, and a sibling as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important that we start those conversations uh, openly and talk about um, how you're feeling, um, yeah, how, what you do for your own mental health around those things as well, because it, honestly, um, I can't express how hard it is losing a child. My dad passed away when I was very young, suddenly, and then my daughter's passed away as well. So the grief is is different from a father to a daughter. Yeah. So, um, and how I dealt with it then was completely different to how I deal with it now. What I think the Sophie effect is, is that she had the ability through her organs to change people's lives. And now, Karina, yourself, through your conversations that you're having with people, you're changing people's lives as well. So thank you very ah, much for that. Thank you. Yeah, I hope, I hope it, um, if it helps help someone else, that's, that's what it's about, just being there for someone else. Yeah, just touching on that again, why is it important for you and I sitting here to have these conversations and get these conversations out there for people? Um, it's around being open and honest and having the choice um, if you could donate your organs or have a conversation with your family it's only a conversation yeah it doesn't take long it doesn't take long to sign up to be an organ tissue donor thank you very much for having us in your house today Um, (laughs) it's pretty easy to notice when you walk in there's a photo on the fridge Uh, you've got a couple of the constellations up on the wall as well um, representing uh, both your girls um, some beautiful portraits as well. Um, you're wearing a beautiful rainbow shirt today. Um, this is all part of the Sophie effect, isn't it? You're, you're trying to bring light and love into the world. It is. It is. Oh, you see a rainbow and the mount, it makes me smile. Yeah. Because I know that I'm okay. I will be okay. Um, and Sophie's with me all the time. So I think when I see a rainbow... I, or I see children wearing rainbows, it makes them happy, they're smiling, they're laughing, and it reminds me so much of her when um, little girls have unicorns on or glitter or, you know, things like that. That makes me feel happy. Um, And I tend to gravitate towards those sort of things as well because that's what she loved. She was still just a little girl. Yeah. Um, A little girl with a big heart and, yeah, the rainbows just make you smile. Well, it's amazing that you say that because essentially a rainbow comes after a storm. 
and you know it's a symbol of okay that storm has passed and here's some beauty mm. you know let's continue on yeah and everything will be okay yeah very much yeah. so I really appreciate the time I got to spend with Karina and listen to her story of heartache and hope. We are sharing these stories to show how important organ and tissue donation is. It takes 60 seconds to register. And that 60 seconds could change someone's life. Donatelife.gov.au She'll never be forgotten. And they're very lucky just to have a part of her with them. I would just say how loving, caring and beautiful she is. Um, And I'm so glad that they can continue on with her organs. I think that's important. Everyone has a choice in life, so they they have a choice to take Sophie's organs and I I think that's great. I'm Sam Thide and I'll see you next time on A Gift Worth Giving.